Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity may contain explicit and objectionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice by a licensed therapist. Listener discretion is advised. Human lives follow many paths, presenting twists and turns and choices never planned, never expected. Temptation, anger, depression, loneliness all can lead a person to a mistake they can't take back. Facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. These are the voices of women who chose to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. Welcome, everybody, to Midweek Ponder from Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca, your host. Hope you guys are doing well today. Hopefully, it's a nice sunny day out there. If only we could go out and do fun things to enjoy it. But maybe you can take a walk or maybe a picnic in your own backyard. That would be great. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in Uh, today. Um, I'm going to talk about a blog that uh, one of my followers, and I follow him as well on Twitter, um, we've connected a couple of times regarding infidelity and discussed it, and um, he has a very interesting blog of stories he's written in regards to betrayal and being hurt, uh, hurting others, and things like that. And so I found one article in particular interesting. So before I read it, though, I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I'm going to actually read um, about the author. So then that way, some of the information in one of these stories that I'm going to be reading, some of it will make sense. On Black Friday, 2017, my former wife, Kay, called my former partner, C, and told C of our 48-month affair. Essentially, during a nearly seven-year relationship with C, I made the decision to carry on an emotional and sexual affair with my former wife. Not only did I sleep with my former wife six to eight times over two years, but I kept secrets and told an escalating series of lies for the year before it started and the year after it ended. I took these actions with both of them to maintain my relationship reputation, and protect people I cared about from my ugly. As a result of my actions, I betrayed my loves, life, and self, and lost everything I thought I wanted and needed. This was not my first betrayal or the only kind. I have been on all three sides of infidelity. That's my qualifier. I am solely responsible for my choices. No one is to blame. Nothing anyone else did or said justifies my choices or actions. Plenty of nuances, but I've learned the nuance is for me, my doctor, and the people that care and are self-aware enough to ask. If you want to know the nuance of my betrayal, well, I've written plenty. Just pick a category, title, or a date and you will find something. I'm not going to rehash all of my ugly, but you can get my cliff notes here. Perhaps you are just a gawker and only interested in consequences. Everyone loves a train wreck. 
If so, read this for a recap of my consequences 120 days after the reveal. And where I was saying here and this is on his website, you can click and it'll take you to the links for those um, areas that he was referring to. Infidelity. Both women and men alike have found themselves in situations where they have become unfaithful to their spouse or partner. On the podcast, Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity, you hear stories from women who have been unfaithful, but want to share their stories to help others in similar situations or to help other people understand why sometimes infidelity happens. But there is still so much more. How does a man cope when he finds out that his wife, girlfriend, or partner has cheated? What are the reasons why a man chooses to cheat? Are they similar to why a woman does? Or maybe you are the other man or the other woman in a relationship. I knew in my gut that she was still at least chatting with him. She denied it. Our marriage languished. I was miserable. No trust, no romance, no sex. I felt completely unwanted and undesired. About a year later, and still zero sex, my wife left for work and forgot her phone. Not long before that, I happened to see her type her passcode, so I tried it. Unlocked. I knew I was invading her privacy, but my gut told me she was hiding something. She was. To hear the rest of this story and other stories like this, please visit the website rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com and click on the Patreon link. For a $3 a month pledge, you will get access to these additional episodes, as well as early access to regularly released episodes. If you have a story that you would like to be considered for a future podcast, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. All submissions will always be anonymous. And always remember, no judgment. So uh, the entry that I want to read today, uh, it's from Love Letters to a Healing Heart, and he writes on here, Be not the slave of your own past. Plunge into the sublime seas. Dive deep and swim far, so you shall come back with self-respect, with new power, with an advanced experience, and that shall explain and overlook the old. By Ralph Waldo Emerson. This is number 138, Slut, posted on September 17th by 2018. Lie is believed only for an hour. It has done its work and there is no farther occasion for it. Falsehood flies and the truth comes limping after it, so that when men come to be undeceived, it is too late. The jest is over and the tale has had its effect. Jonathan Swift. This post will irritate some of you. It may even be an emotional trigger for you. That isn't my intentions. This post isn't for the men and women that have betrayed. I've experienced consequences, wrath, and vengeance. 
I can appreciate C and K's actions for what they are. I can appreciate I brought much of what I experienced directly from C and K onto myself. It pales in comparison to the emotional and mental hurt I suffered onto them. C did the most loving thing for herself, me and us. I'm proud of her. On a trip to find a great hamburger in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, I missed my turn and ended up cutting through a McDonald's parking lot. As I rounded the corner, I noticed a beautiful white Cadillac tucked into the corner behind some bushes. Painted onto the windows and car was the word, quote, slut. On the rear window, someone had drawn a giant penis ejaculating onto the word, quote, slut. Nine months of anger immediately erupted. I drove around the restaurant looking for anyone trying to hide or crying or looking pissed. I didn't see anyone. If I had the supplies with me, I would have helped her clean this up. I don't care about the story. I don't care about the reasons. This isn't a slut or whore or a bitch. This is a human being trying to figure out how to be human. People have no fucking idea, and for those of my, quote, friends or readers that think she might deserve this, unfollow and unfriend me now. Deal with your shit. No one deserves this type of public humiliation or to be the focus of rumors. No one. Ever. After spending dinner thinking about this, I walked back up with some rags I dug out of the car and went to help clean it all off. The car was gone. A couple of things. Slut. A loaded word. Anyone that sees her car driving around town painted with the word slut is going to assign specific meanings and intentions to the word based on their own experiences and not to their experiences with this specific woman. Calling a woman a slut has specific social and personal meaning to families, friends, associates, and strangers. It was done to elicit a response from others towards her. It was done to isolate her. She either keeps it a secret and hides, or she asks for help to remove it from her car. It doesn't have to be true to take this woman's power and identity. That is exactly the point of using labels to describe individuals and not behaviors. It is an attempt of triangulating the community against her. It is splitting. The tale be told is to interacting with her is to interact with a slut. Sluts are untrustworthy, dirty, maintain low standards, and worthless, right? Quote, she acted sluttily. And quote, she's a slut. Say two different things. You can change how you act, but you can't change who you are, right? Perhaps, quote, she acted sluttily would have used too much paint. The individual that painted this car wants to take power. This includes taking her ability to change, make amends, or learn. Once a slut, always a slut. Once a cheater, always a cheater. That is the point in seeking to publicly humiliate her. It is an attempt to diminish her humanity and cut her off from options. Many people seeing this car will assume the worst, not about the vandal, but about the woman. It doesn't even have to be true. 
labeling someone a slut or a narcissist, predator or whore, isn't rape, but the emotional intentions are the same. It's about taking power from her. After all, she was asking for it by being a slut, right? Regardless of the story, all that will matter to many people she encounters will be the label. The truth succumbs to truthiness. Can men be sluts? I assumed this was childish action as directed at a woman. A friend that happens to be gay insightfully asked me how I knew it was a woman. Um, bias? My high school peers referred to the cheerleaders as the Get Laid Brigade and the Flag Corp as the Whore Corp. In the locker room, the boys talked about specific girls as, quote, sluts or, quote, whores. Some of the coaches, too. When I was in the Marine Corps, male sluts were celebrated in the barracks. Not once did I participate with either toxic ritual. One coin, two sides. I shared the picture of the car hidden beside the bushes and my anger on Twitter and immediately was unfollowed by nine people. I posted it on Facebook and told anyone that thinks this woman, quote, deserves it to unfriend me. And three people did. I'm assuming because they think I'm defending cheating, cheaters, or something. I'm not, but nuance won't matter to those still looking for vengeance and aren't dealing with their own shit. I don't care about the number of followers I have because I'm not writing for the audience, but to document my experience and learn from others that want to share their stories. But it is an interesting reaction from others. However... A few people on Facebook thanked me for posting this. One is deeply involved in managing battered women and family shelters all over the country. The other is someone that has been approached directly by members of the Spitters Flying Monkey Squad trying to further isolate me. Meanwhile, a woman I admire on Twitter claimed she wanted to do this to her husband's affair partner and more. And as I told her, the difference is she hasn't. She made sure I knew she hadn't done this quote yet. I think she was playing for a specific audience when we had an interesting exchange on the topic. Vengeance. There are several ways this woman or man, question mark, ended up with this painted on her car. One, her sorority sisters are trying to break her through a hazing ritual. Two, she, quote, stole someone's heart and cock, and his, quote, ex wants to punish her. You cannot steal what isn't yours. Three, an emotionally ill person is trying to manipulate perceptions and trying to isolate her. By forcing her to drive around with this on her car, he changes the focus away from his behavior, creating an impression of her. The paint was cheaper than his getting counseling and meds. Four, he's stuck in the friend zone and decided to lash out. This will show her he really cares, right? Five, she cheated on a partner and he couldn't control his rage and sought to punish and humiliate her publicly. This method has less paperwork than an honor killing. Six, she slept with someone else's partner and that partner's partner couldn't control her rage and sought to punish and humiliate her publicly. 
It was easier than branding, quote, slut onto her forehead and honor killing the cheating partner. Less paperwork, too. Seven, a disgruntled ex seeing his partner moving on couldn't control his rage and sought to punish and humiliate her publicly. As such, he feels justified to humiliate her instead of dealing with his own loss and pain. This is how he is trying to reclaim his power. It is more socially acceptable than simply raping her. I'm sure there are other possible reasons. The point is, no one has any idea what happened to her, but whoever took this emotionally lazy, cruel, and vengeful act, quote, vengeance is lazy form of grieving, quote, wrote Tara Brock, what the public sees is a woman driving a car painted with giant dicks and the word, quote, slut through a busy downtown area. The audience will make up stories. To paraphrase a nice nin, quote, people will never see her as she is, but as they are. And this is the truth about rumors and public humiliation. It doesn't have to be true. It just needs to be said with authority and repeatedly to destroy people and lives. As Jonathan Swift writes, quote, lie be believed only for an hour. It has done its work. End quote. And here's the thing. I think this is why it pisses me off. I've been the focus of interlopers, bullies, narcissists, and splitters. They have felt entitled to spread gossip and rumors everywhere through my community. It was more work than simply spray painting my car, but the result is the same. These people only care about the power they can take or the power they can project. They tried to take my power and voice from me. They took power from C. When I saw this, I projected my story onto hers. I have empathy for whatever actions I imagine she took to end up there. I have empathy for the humiliation of being labeled regardless of the story. I'm angry for her and I'm angry for me. And when I refused to surrender my power to them by speaking out, defending myself and my life with C, and confronting their behaviors publicly, they escalated painting me with new labels. They tried to humiliate me into submission and silence by spreading misleading half-truths, outright lies, and rumor-mongering to others through social media, mob tactics, threats of violence, and general cowardly acts. They are the worst kinds of social parasites. It is easier than dealing with their own shit. Some mean well, like Norm, but the others are working out their own damage and projecting their mental illnesses, loneliness, and jealousies onto me. I'm an easy target for their dis-ease. They project their shame onto my behaviors. As my counselor reminded me, for them to insert themselves into our story for nine months and contribute nothing but more pain to the situation is a sign of their own dysfunctions, not mine. These people know nothing about C, the intricacies of our relationship, my history with K, or why I chose to take the actions I took. They project their stories onto me. This is what I know from experience. Telling people I'm a predator without any context or facts was done to elicit a response from others towards me. It was intended to manipulate the situation. 
there will always be a core group of people that will be unswayed by the reality of who I am. They will take as gospel everything said about me by C or K while they were both fighting through anger, trauma, and vengeance, and minimal sleep. The accusation has been made, not by C, but by their own imaginations. Here, too, the truth of my betrayal succumbs to the truthness of human nature. I cannot prove a negative. I've never stalked her. I've never hacked her phone. I never stole her email. I never stole her mail. I never tried to force contact. I don't have a, quote, pussy stashed all over the country, and I'm not soulless. C never said these things about me, of course. She never had to. This is the story interlopers made up about the stories they heard from someone trying to make sense of someone else's story. What could go wrong with that kind of thinking? It isn't enough I fucked up and C and I are finished. There needs to be punishment based on their own arbitrary morality and undealt with issues. They need to take my power to choose my life and C's power to choose her life so that they can convince themselves they matter. Fuck them. I am an adulterer. And here is where I am. I am an adulterer. I cheated on C. I cheated on K. I'm working my shit out through counseling, writing, and some hard, painful, and difficult consequences. But I am doing it. More than many people do in my situation. I'm certainly not expecting K to make it better or fix my pain. I asked her 50 questions about her pain when this started, trying to understand what it was she needed and wanted. She ignored them, but the splitters and flying monkeys inserted their narrative based on what they think and not what they know. I don't care about the consequences or punishment. I care about C, her hurt, loss, and anger. I care about the lessons and experiences. I care about how this moves me from adulterer to able. I care how this creates new opportunities and stories moving forward. I cannot undo what is done. No one can take my power except what I surrender to them. At the end of the day, it will be my story I write and not the story they dictate. At the end of my life, who will cry when I die? The ones that stood by me as I rewrote my story and learned to love again and again? I hope the slut of Slippery Rock is able to write her own story, too. I thought that was a great story, especially considering the judgment infidelity, all of that, that's automatically um, connected to a person that has been unfaithful without knowing the whole story, a lot of us assumed. And so I thought I would share this and I appreciate um, his writings. And I hope you guys all do check it out. Again, it's cadconfessional.com. So as we end today's episode, I just want to remind everybody that if they have a story, ladies, if you've been unfaithful to your partner and you'd like to share your story on the podcast, send me an email to rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. Or if you're a husband, a boyfriend, and you've been betrayed by your female or male counterpart, um, and you want to share your story, 
you are more than welcome to submit that if you're the other woman, the other man, you know, and just those situations, please consider. Also, my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com is where you can sign up for Patreon so you can get those extra episodes and early access as well as some bloopers. And um, you can actually listen to the podcast directly from there as well. You can send me a message. Um, I'd love to hear from you. But until next time, I hope you have a great day. Stay safe. And remember, no judgment. Goodbye.